Welcome to the Proper Lookout Podcast, published by the Statutory Insurance Group of McCabe Kerwood. In this series, our CTP experts will discuss a range of topics, sharing their thoughts on an industry trend or an intriguing legal issue, explaining the intricacies of an important case, and hopefully imparting some of the knowledge that they have gained. Listeners to our last episode will know that we love feedback here at the Proper Lookout podcast. That's particularly so when it comes to issues arising out of the Motor Accident Injuries Act, where we are all negotiating a rather steep learning curve. Well, this episode is dedicated to some feedback we received to episodes 41 and 42. In those episodes, we discussed where an injured person might be mostly at fault. Hi everyone, this is Peter Hunt. The first item of feedback deals with cases where the injured person was an intoxicated driver. In episode 41, I suggested that, based on our mostly at fault guidelines, where a driver is drunk and their intoxication contributed to the accident, their contributory negligence will be ordinarily assessed above 61%. Now, I maintain that's correct. One of our regular listeners did, however, make an intriguing point. The listener pointed out that in most drunk driving cases, we don't even get to the stage of conducting a contrib-neg assessment because the injured drunk driver would be denied stat benefits from the get-go. Why? Well, because they are guilty of a serious driving offence and therefore precluded by Section 3.37. Now, I must confess to not previously having joined those two dots, so I thank our subscriber for their feedback and I've amended the Mostly at Fault guidelines accordingly. There's a link on our website if you want to take a look. The same listener also asked the rhetorical question whether a passenger can ever be mostly at fault given the way that sections 3.11 and 3.28 are framed. Both provisions reference an injured person being mostly at fault where their contribution to the cause of the motor accident is greater than 61%. Our astute listener observed that a passenger's want of care may well contribute to their injury, but would rarely make any contribution to the cause of the accident itself. For example, a passenger's failure to wear a seatbelt has no impact on how the accident occurred, although it might amplify the level of injury. I was actually aware of that point. However, I'm not sure it's as straightforward as our listener suggests. The complication is that section 3.11 and 3.28 both make reference to 3.38. Just pausing there, here is what section 3.11 subsection 2 actually states, just in case you don't have the act in front of you. A motor accident was caused mostly by the fault of a person if the contributory negligence of the person in relation to the motor accident, bracket, as referred to in section 3.38, close bracket, was greater than 61%. Those words are replicated in section 3.28, subsection 2. So, what's the issue? Well, section 3.38 is the provision which sets out when a reduction for contributory negligence must be made. Notably, it includes reference to circumstances where the injured person contributes to their injury and not the accident itself by, for example, failing to wear a seatbelt or failing to wear a helmet. Section 3.38 also mandates a finding of contributory negligence where a passenger voluntarily travels in a vehicle 
with a driver they knew or ought to have known was affected by alcohol or drugs. I have been struggling with how the reference to section 3.38 in sections 3.11 and 3.28 plays out, and I'm man enough to admit I'm not sure of the answer. However, I think it's arguable that Parliament intended an injured passenger might be found mostly at fault if their circumstances fall within one of these circumstances in section 3.38, where a finding of contributory negligence is mandated, even though the passenger's want of care only contributed to the cause of their injury rather than to the motor accident itself. Time, doubtless, will tell whether that argument has legs. The other piece of feedback we have received from a different listener this time also relates to the contributory negligence of passengers. That subscriber noted that in episode 42, we discussed the cases involving passengers riding with drunk drivers, which attracted the highest level of contributory negligence. Specifically, we discussed McKenzie and the nominal defendant and Joslyn and Berryman, where ultimate findings were 80% contrib-neg and 60% contrib-neg, respectively. The subscriber correctly noted that we did not discuss nominal defendant and Campbell, otherwise cited as nominal defendant and Green and and Golding, where the Court of Appeal found just 35% contributory negligence. In fairness, however, that case is featured in the summaries attached to our Mostly at Fault guidelines. Also in fairness, however, our listener argued that what takes passengers over 50% is where the passenger is the owner of the vehicle and they place the intoxicated person in charge of the vehicle. That's the common link between the Court of Appeals decision in McKenzie and the High Court's decision in Joslin. By contrast, in nominal defendant in Campbell, the passenger was not the owner of the vehicle and merely accepted a ride with a drunk friend. I think those are fair points, and I've amended the mostly of thought guidelines accordingly. As I said earlier, and as Andrew Gorman said in the previous episode, we love feedback. It's pretty fun recording these podcasts when you're responding to somebody else's point of view. And we're happy to admit when we are persuaded to change our opinion. So keep the feedback coming. In the meantime, all the best and happy new financial year, one and all. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Proper Lookout podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. For more information on anything discussed, please contact Peter Hunt at peter.hunt at or visit our website to see McCabe Kerwood's full team of specialists.